technology, nursing research, and evidence-based practice, EBP. Evidence-based practice is a process by which nurses make clinical decisions using the best available research evidence, their clinical expertise, and patient preferences. Specifically related to nursing, EBP is a practical application of the evidence to deliver quality patient care. This is not the generation of new evidence, but the process of implementing the highest quality of evidence into practice. So why do we use EBP? We use it to answer burning clinical questions, to find out what clinical assessments and interventions are necessary. If you're working as a nurse in a wound clinic, do you want to provide wound care utilizing the latest products that have been shown in empirical studies to speed healing time? Or do you want to just use saline and gauze because that's the way you learned to do it in nursing school? The components of evidence-based practice is comprised of external evidence, so evidence from research, evidence-based theories, opinion leaders, expert panels, internal evidence, evidence from patient assessments, history and physicals, and available healthcare resources, clinical expertise, and information about patient preferences and values. You will obtain more experience with nursing theory as you progress to your BSN. And we mention it here because you may find that some researchers base their research on certain theoretical frameworks. A theory answers the following questions. What is this? How does it work? Although a theory is based on observation of facts, the theory itself is not a fact. A theory is merely a way of viewing a phenomenon. It defines and illustrates concepts and explains how they are related or linked. Theories can be and are changed. So nursing theories try to describe, explain, and predict human behavior. The theory you use influences what you look for, what you notice, what you perceive as a problem, what outcomes you hope to achieve, what interventions you will choose. In practice, clinical practice series guide what you do each day. They're limited in scope. That is, they do not attempt to explain all of nursing. A theory on human interaction directs nurse-client communication. Another theory provides a guide for teaching people how to be self-reliant. In education, some schools of nursing use theories to guide curriculum planning programs and projects. There are frequently grand theories, such as Watson's theory of Karen, or Roger's science of unitary human beings. In research, theories help generate new knowledge by suggesting, by suggesting questions for researchers to study. Researchers also use theories and models as frameworks for structuring a study. Theories provide a systematic way to define the questions for study, identify the variables to measure, and interpret the findings. Next, we'll be discussing a few nursing theorists. Florence Nightingale. 
She used her research to develop her theory that a clean environment would improve the health of patients. Because of her theory and research, Nightingale dramatically reduced the death rate of soldiers and changed the way the entire British Army hospital system was managed. Her central theme was meeting the personal needs of the patient within the environment. Patricia Benner. Caring is a central component of Benner and Worrell's primacy of caring model. This theory stresses that each person is unique, so that caring is always specific and relational for each nurse person encountered. Benner also identified the five stages of knowledge development and acquisition of nursing skills, starting with novice, then to advanced beginner, then to competent, next proficient, and lastly, expert. Bamline Leeninger. Her theory focuses on caring as cultural competence, using knowledge of cultures and of nursing to provide culturally congruent and responsible care. Her idea came from working with children from diverse cultures who are under her care in a psychiatric hospital. Jean Watson. She developed a nursing theory called the science of human caring. This theory describes what caring means from a nursing perspective. The central theme is that nursing is concerned with promoting and restoring health, preventing illness, and caring for the sick. So theory is from other disciplines. You have the stress and adaptation theory. Hans Style developed the stress and adaptation theory, and his theory states that a certain amount of stress is good for people. It keeps them motivated and alert. However, too much stress, called distress, results in psychological symptoms and eventual illness. There's developmental theories. Developmental theories look at the stages that individuals, groups, families, and communities progress through over time. These theories are useful in nursing practice because they identify norms and expectations at various stages of development and help you identify activities and interventions that are appropriate for a client. Maslow's Hierarchy of Basic Human Needs. This theory identifies eight different levels of needs and identifies that lower level needs must be met to some degree before the higher needs can be achieved. Erickson, Erickson Stages Psychosocial Development. This theory describes a process of socialization emphasizing how people learn to interact with the world and define specific tasks or complex that people accomplish or overcome during what he describes as the eight stages of life. System theory. So one of the premises of the system theories is that all complex phenomena, regardless of their types, have some principles, laws, and organizations in common. A system is made up of separate components that consistently interact with each other and with the other systems. So this theory describes how to break whole things into parts and then learn how the parts work together in systems.
Nursing Research. The purpose of nursing research is to develop knowledge about issues that are important in nursing. Nursing Research Utilization. This is the use of research finding to improve patient care. Evidence-based practice. It's the use of best available clinical evidence to make decisions and improve patient care. The reason for conducting research is to establish evidence-based practice. EBP and ABN. The ABN prepared RN should be able to be aware of the importance of research to EBP, help identify problem areas in nursing, help collect data with a more experienced nurse researcher, use EBP in planning interventions. EBP and BSN. The BSN prepared RN should be able to critique research for application to clinical practice, identify nursing research problems and help implement research studies, help collect data with a more experienced nurse researcher, apply research findings to establish sound evidence-based clinical practice. EBP and MSN. The MSN prepared RN should be able to analyze problems so appropriately designed research can be used to solve the problem. Apply EBP to nursing situations. Provide support to ongoing research projects and conduct, recent, conduct nursing research for the purpose of assuring quality nursing care. Lastly, EBP and doctoral degrees. The doctoral prepared RN should be able to serve as a leader in application of research in the clinical arena, develop ways to monitor the quality of nursing care being administered by nurses, and lastly, disseminate their findings via publication and conferences. So the scientific method. Scientific inquiry is a process by which the researcher, through the use of senses, systematically collects observable, verifiable data to describe, explain, or predict events. The goals of scientific inquiry are to find solutions to problems and to develop explanations of the world. Scientific method research designed. There's the quantitative, qualitative, and mixed methods. Quantitative research. The main purpose of quantitative research is to gather data from enough subjects to be able to generalize the results to a similar population. Generalizing results means what you think. What I found to be so for this group of people will probably be the same for all people who are similar. So an example, my finding for this group of women over age 40 in the United States will probably be useful for all women over the age of 40 in the United States. In quantitative research, researchers carefully control data collection and are careful to maintain objectivity of the process. Quantitative data are reported as numbers. Qualitative research. This type of research focuses on the lived experiences of people. 
the purpose is to not to generalize the data, but to share the experience of the person or persons in the study. And there's no need for a large number. So a case study of one person can examine the lived experience of, for example, a 19-year-old single mother of triplets or a middle-aged woman with HIV. Qualitative research uses words, quotations from persons interviewed, observations, and other non-numeric sources of data. And mixed methods uses both quantitative and qualitative research. Types of research. Qualitative research. It's subjective, meaning the individual's interpretation of the events is very important. A researcher may only know roughly in advance what he or she is looking for. And this is the lived experience. Quantitative research. It's objective. It seeks precise measurement and analysis of target concepts. It uses tools like questionnaires or equipment to collect data. It describes and tests relationships. So examines the cause and effect interactions among variables. Researchers know clearly in advance what he or she is looking for. All right, so a review question. A nurse researcher who intends to interview clients about the factors that influence their compliance with insulin therapy and summarize the data as themes is doing quantitative research. A true, B false. The answer is false. The data in this study would come from the experience of clients living with diabetes as they relate that information to the nurse researcher. So steps of the research process. At the novice level, you'll be using but not performing research. But in order to evaluate the research you read, you should have a general idea of the steps of conducting valid, reliable research. The research process is a problem-solving process, similar to but not the same as a nursing process. Different study designs require different steps, and you will find some variation in how different authors present the research process steps. However, in general, the steps include the five phases on the slide. Select and identify the problem you wish to study, select a research design, collect data, analyze data, and use your research findings. Rights of the research participants. Participants have the right to not to be harmed. Information has to be given to the participant outlining the safety protocols, and if preliminary data indicates potential harm, the study must be stopped. They have the right to the full disclosure. What is the purpose of the study? What risks will there be? What benefits? Will I be paid? What happens if I get sick or feel worse? Who do I contact with these questions? Right to self-determination. 
the right to stop participating. We're responsible for supporting the participant in the withdrawal process. Rights to privacy and confidentiality. Protection of identity. So you never use the, the, um, the patient's name, you only use code numbers. Researchers are responsible for protecting the raw data after the conclusion of the study. The Institutional Review Boards, or the IRB. This is to help care professionals and community members form a board. And the purpose is to review potential studies to determine if the study is safe and if there is value to this research. Steps to Evidence-Based Practice in Nursing As you progress from an ABN to an advanced degree, like your bachelor's, master's, or doctorate, you'll see that ABP in Nursing is part of the curriculum. Here, we'll provide you with a basic intro for which you may utilize the first three of the five steps. The first step is to formulate a searchable question. You'll identify a clinical problem, either from practice or research. In your case, it will probably be from practice, what you see in clinical. The second step is search the research for the best evidence. Your library experience will help prepare you to search the literature for best evidence. The third step is to appraise the research critically. You need to read all of the evidence collected and evaluate the evidence. Compare different articles on the topic. In other words, you read the research that's out there to determine if it's good research. Is it from a peer-reviewed journal? Was the sample population of the study big enough to generalize the results towards a certain population? So an example of this is years ago, a study came out suggesting calcium channel blockers are more effective in reducing blood pressure in African-Americans. If the sample only consisted of 20 patients, would this be considered a reliable study? The fourth step is integrating best evidence with clinical practice or patient care. As your knowledge grows in future blocks and throughout your career, this process will continue. Get involved with patient care consults at your facility best practice committees. The fifth step is to evaluate the outcomes of the applied evidence. So an example of this, you question whether an IV secured in a certain manner with a certain dressing resulted in less dislodgement of the catheter itself. You found some research on this subject which you analyzed and determined was reliable and valid. You brought this information regarding a specific dressing type to your patient care council. The council decided to run a pilot study on one of the units in your facility. Here, for step five, the outcomes of your pilot study show that the new dressing was effective in reducing catheter dislodgement and infections at IV sites. So your entire facility decides to utilize this new dressing. So identifying a searchable 
problem topic. A good topic includes a situation, an intervention, and an outcome. So an example of this, to post-op total knee replacement patients who utilize a CPM machine have a faster recovery time. So the situation is post-operative total knee replacement patients. The intervention, utilization of a CPM machine. The outcome, faster recovery time. Another example, do post-operative patients who utilize deep breathing exercises and an incentive spirometer have decreased incidence of post-op pneumonia? So you'll find your topic from a wide variety of sources, the first of which could be from your experience. So if you're curious about why things are done and about what might happen if changes were made, you'll find plenty of problems. For example, problems with staffing, equipment, nursing interventions, or coordination among health professionals. You might find issues with social issues. So you may be concerned about broader social issues that affect or require nursing care, such as gender equality, sexual harassment, and domestic violence. You may be concerned about patients who do not have access to healthcare or about the health problems of a particular group or subculture. You may find your problem from a theory. Recall that theories must be tested in order to be useful in nursing practice. So you might want to suggest research to test a theory in which you're interested. If the theory is accurate, what behaviors would you expect to find? Or what evidence would you need to support the theory? You may find your ideas from others. Your instructor may suggest a topic to research, or perhaps you might brainstorm with nurses or other students. So some agencies and organizations that fund research often ask for proposals on certain topics. Lastly, you may find a problem from nursing literature. So you're gonna read widely in your field of interest. You may find you may identify clinical problems by reading articles and research reports in journal articles. The burning question. PICO is often the format utilized in evidence-based practice nursing to come up with a good searchable problem topic. So we take the word PICO and each letter indicates part of our searchable question. So P stands for the patient or population of interest. I stands for the intervention. C stands for the comparative interventions or control group. O stands for outcome. And T stands for time. T does not always need to be included in your PICO question. Next, let's identify the PICO components in these examples. The question reads, in preschool age children, is an electrolyte flavored drink more effective at reducing dehydration than water alone? So if you remember, the P is the patient or population of interest. So in this example, it would be preschool age children. I 
is the intervention. In this question, that would be the electrolyte, electrolyte flavored drinks. C is a comparison. In this example, it's compared to water. O is the outcome. In this example, the reduction of dehydration. This question does not have a T component. Next question. In malnourished patients, does a high protein diet decrease wound healing times as compared to patients eating a regular diet? Again, the first component of PICO is P, the patient or population of interest. In this question, it's malnourished patients. I is the intervention. This question, high protein diet. C is a comparison. In this question, it's compared to a regular diet. O is the outcome. Decrease wound healing times. So let's continue to identify PICO components in these examples. Are children who have obese adoptive parents at higher risk for obesity compared to children without obese adoptive parents? P is the patient or population of interest. In this scenario, children. I is the intervention, the obese adoptive parents. C is a comparison to the non-obese adoptive parents. O is the outcome, increased risk for obesity. Next question. Is a PKU test done on a two-week-old infant more accurate in diagnosing errors in metabolism compared with the PKU test done at 24 hours of age? The P, the patient or population of interest, is infants. The I, the intervention, is a PKU test done at two weeks old. C, the comparison, is a PKU test done at 24 hours of age. O, is the outcome, the accuracy of diagnosing issues in metabolism. Another example. In a 52-year-old Caucasian male with type 2 diabetes mellitus, is metformin better than insulin at regulating blood glucose over a three-month period? So our first component is P, the patient or population of interest. In this question, the 52-year-old Caucasian male with type 2 diabetes mellitus. The I is the intervention. In this question, metformin. C is a comparison. In this question, insulin. O is the blood is the outcome. In this question, the blood glucose levels. And this question has a T, the time. And in this question, the time is a three-month period. The second step in evidence-based practice in nursing is searching for the best evidence. When searching for the best evidence, you want to try to keep your research no more than five years old if possible. The 
information in textbooks is generally about five to seven years old by the time they're published. Scholarly journals, like peer-reviewed journals, are probably the most reliable source for recent quality research. Be sure that you are looking at a research article, not just articles or opinion papers. Generally, research articles include an introduction or an abstract, description of a sample population, and methods used to study the sample, results of the study, the implications the study has on our practice. Be sure when you reference someone else's research, you are citing the source. In nursing, we use what is called the APA format. Purdue OWL is a great resource for helping you write out a reference citation in APA format. Online resources and databases for evidence-based practice. The library will go more in depth with you, but here are just a few examples. Cochrane Library, CINAHL, PubMed, Ovid, The third step is to appraise the research critically. So what is the book, journal, or article about as a whole? That is, what is the theme of the article and how is it developed? What is being said in detail and how? So what are the author's main ideas, claims, and arguments? In a research article, you may find this mainly in the abstract and the conclusions. Is the book, journal, or article true in whole or part? You must decide this for yourself. What of it? Is there any significance? Is there any way to use the information to improve patient care, education, or other areas of nursing? So this step you will likely be doing with your advanced degrees. Here you are analyzing the articles to determine was research done properly? Are the results reliable and trustworthy? Is it worth it to, is it worth it to fund this practice based on the outcomes? So if there's a certain dressing that is more effective than another, but it costs $10,000 a piece, is it realistic to use? Is there research on the same topic that comes to a different conclusion? The fourth step is to integrate the best practice into patient care. This can be done by participating in EBP committees or patient care councils. This can also be done by doing a policy and procedure review. The fifth step is evaluating the outcomes of the applied evidence. Was the change effective? How could the change be more effective? The nursing process always ends with evaluating the outcomes. All right, so review question. A PICO question reads, is a transcontaneous electrical nurse stimulator TENS unit effective in the management of chronic back pain in adults? 
which part of this question comes from the I in PICO? A. Adults B. Management C. Pain or D. Tense? The answer is D. Tense. Nursing Informatics Nursing informatics is managing and processing information that applies to nursing practice, education, and research. This reduces barriers to evidence-based practice. It facilitates literature searches and provides online sources and nursing research. So we're taking data and transforming it into usable information to increase our knowledge and wisdom. Examples of nursing informatics and nursing practice include PDAs. So these provide extensive drugs and other reference material in addition to medication calculators, medical Spanish translation, immunization recommendations, growth charts. This allows nurses to look stuff up without going back to the nurse's station. And you can beam information to oncoming nurses. You can record observations or reminders at the bedside. Some schools use these to beam info to their clinical instructor, allowing for better planning. Electronic patient diaries, EPDs. Nurses can record as they work, charting quickly and efficiently and share data via a wireless connection. Robots, like the Da Vinci. The doctor controls robotic platforms looking through a 3D camera. This results in less pain, blood, and scarring because of these small incisions. The telephone. This can be used in real time, and it can be used to improve delivery of care. So mobile phones and paging systems reduce time spent answering messages and communication is always available. Email, easy access and info transfers immediately. However, privacy is not assured. Once you have sent it, there's no control over who reads it or who it's forwarded to. Telehealth. It's using telecommunications to send healthcare information between patients and providers at different locations. This improves access to healthcare. Specialists can review x-rays, labs, talk to patients. Some of the concerns with telehealth be the cost and insurance reimbursement. Ethical use of electronic records. So the use of passwords. Passwords limit access to information certain people don't need to see, never intended to be shared. Audit trails. Software tracks each person who accesses information. Anything a person adds or changes is also part of an audit trail. HIPAA regulations. You need to obtain consent prior to disclosing information and you need, you need to limit the disclosure of information. Review question. A group of nurses in the ICU is designing a research study 
to see if they are meeting the spiritual needs of their patients. The study will involve patient interviews after they are discharged. After the interview process, the staff will examine patient statements for reoccurring themes. The, nursing, the nurses are conducting what type of research? A. Qualitative or B. Quantitative? The answer is A. Qualitative. Next question. While reading a research article, the nurse asks herself these questions. Are the results of the study valid? What are the results and why are they important? Will the results of the study help me in my practice? What phase of the evidence-based practice is a nurse utilizing? A. Formulating a searchable question. B. Search the research for the best evidence. C. Appraise the research critically. D. Integrate best evidence with clinical practice or E, evaluate the outcomes of the applied evidence. The answer is C, appraise the research critically. Next question. Blank is the use of telecommunication to send healthcare information between patients and professionals at a different location. The answer is telehealth. Next question. You're precepting a new grad nurse at a hospital. He needs access to a patient's electronic medical record, EMR, to retrieve this morning's lab results. However, the new nurse has not yet received a password. What action should you take? A, give him your password to use until he obtains his own. B. Log on and remain with him while he reviews the record. C. Notify your supervisor that he needs a password. Or D. Inform him that he will not receive a password until orientation is complete. The answer is C. Notify your supervisor that he needs a password. There ends this lecture. Please don't hesitate to reach out if there are any questions. Thank you.